Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome in to the Boys and Girl Podcast with Cowboys NFL Network reporter Jane Slater and NFL Network producer Bobby Belt. A Cowboys community with the inside scoop on the Dallas Cowboys. Now, coming straight to you from the Lone Star State, here's Jane and Bobby. All right, I'm sort of loving that while people are focused on the Super Bowl and last season, Bobby, you and I are now focused towards the new season. We're turning the page. We're excited about the new guys that are entering the league and doing so once again in a sort of different world as it relates to the Combine and access to players. And shout out to you, shout out to Exos for laying the groundwork for some of this, uh, the access that we've received up here and the ability to talk to so many of these guys that you're going to hear their names in the first and second rounds of this draft has been remarkable. And you're going to start hearing a lot of their names a lot more in the coming weeks as other reporters sort of get their hands on them in, in virtual rooms. But we are getting sort of this, um, again, while everyone's sort of focused over there, We've got them here. It's, it's like uh, my wife does these divine consign those uh, those mommy sales on a, a yes. weekend in Grapevine, and if you if you work it, you get the like the pre sale, and the workers get to go in and shop like three hours before. We're basically uh, the the pre sale shoppers at the, uh, the the divine consign here in uh, at Exos and Frisco. And I'm obsessed with it because what I love the most about my job is a few things: developing relationships with the players, getting to know their why, and what's their purpose? And I've had so many questions and we talked about this in the last episode. How did these guys stay engaged? How hard was it to watch football at the college level getting played while some of them decided to stay in Frisco and, and approach this like it was a career? Um, How, how did they handle some of the challenges that came with this year? And I've walked away so far legitimately impressed with some of these guys. And I think more importantly, we're getting little nuggets about who the Cowboys are sort of talking to and are interested. I think that's fascinating. Again, it's early on. And as we've talked to these players, especially with the Senior Bowl, they've talked to all 32 teams. I think in the past it might be 10 teams, 12 teams. These, you're consolidating a little bit more. You're, you're trying to delegate your – but, yeah, this year they they got to talk to everybody they can. You've got to gather as much intel as possible. So we're not going to ask all the questions that the GMs and the coaches are. Bobby always does a really good job of finding out what some of them them have asked, and so we'll sprinkle them in uh, to our interview so you can kind of feel like you're a fly on the wall there. Uh, but really interesting guys. And like I said, we've got one of them in this episode. Peyton Turner's just wingspan. I, I know it's it's insane the way he. I mean, he looks as big as an airplane. Yeah, today it's it's as we mentioned, Peyton Turner from Houston, William Bradley King from Baylor, and Brandon Tucker from Trench Warfare Training. So we can jump into all that, and uh, you guys can get a look at uh, some of the prospects the Cowboys might be considering. And to wet the palates too of the Cowboys fans, like I said, I've been talking about at some point. We'll deep dive into some of the complexities as it related to why that defense played as poorly as they they did, and <laughs> yeah. I think. When we kind of open it up at some point, the fans are going to be, I think, encouraged by the mental makeup of this team and how they played through a lot of the things that I think that if other coaching staffs around the league knew what was going on would be shocking to them as well. And again, we'll get into that a little bit further down the line as we talk about we'll, this new coaching staff and we'll get into some of it today brandon tucker's got some good insight on how those guys fought and so so that'll be some good information and he, and he works with some of those guys yeah. and i get my, my, my point in bringing that up is there is a reason to be enthusiastic cowboys fans about this defense despite what we saw from it last year so stay tuned uh for this episode a lot of good a lot of good information here 
Joining us now is Baylor defensive end, William Bradley King. Uh, it goes by BK, actually. It's much easier. Uh, and you can follow him on Twitter, at WillGotTheSack. Uh, BK, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, you're one of the guys that uh, we talked to a few guys last week, but it, it was a little more empty here at Exos because, of course, Senior Bowl, and you were one of the guys who was out there. Uh, how did that experience go? How was, uh, how was everything that came out of that? It's, it's a difficult year with the Combine being canceled, being a little different. So uh, what kind of benefit do you think you got out of that and how you performed? Yeah, I loved I loved it. Um, I feel like the opportunity was one of a kind, especially with COVID. You know, uh, it, 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 it messes with uh, players mentally and, uh, you know, of course, physically. But, you know, I was mentally and physically prepared for, for it and um, I gave it all I got. Now, you're somebody who uh, you started out your career over at Arkansas State and uh, then transferred over, over to Baylor. Why did you choose to go with Baylor? Baylor, just because uh, Dave Aranda, his uh, defensive mind, um, what Baylor did the season before, um, the scheme he, he was bringing over. You know, I wanted to uh, prove to NFL teams that I was a valuable football player, and, you know, that's what Dave Aranda let, let me do. I played uh, outside linebacker. You know, dropped in cover sometime, put my hand in the dirt, played off the edge, and uh, rushed out out of a four-eye and a three-technique. Where did you start to see your game really improve, though? Um, just, just well, Dave Aranda, he was more like a mentally challenging coach, so I feel like he he helped me uh, become even more mental tougher. And then uh, just seeing the game from his point of view, because he teaches the game like you're a pro. So, you know, he, he just helped me understand football even more and help my football IQ. Who were some of the teams that you talked to at Senior Bowl? I talked to all 32 teams. Oh, you did? Now that's yeah. impressive. Yeah. Do you think it was, again, you don't have anything to gauge this against because it's such a different year with COVID. Do you think that that would have happened in years past? Was it a, was it a more intimate environment there? Yeah, it was it was very intimate. Um, we had we had like pods set up, so we had like twenty minute sessions with each team. Um, interviews lasted almost four hours, but you know it was worth it. Now, one of those that we know you're training out here, obviously in the Dallas area. So, uh, how'd your conversation with the Cow? And obviously, we don't want you to give away too much or whatever. But how did that conversation go? And, and how did you feel about the Cowboys? Yeah, um, I, I want to play in the NFL. That, that's been my dream since I was six years old. But you know, the conversation it went really well. Um, any NFL team that wants to pay me, you know, I would love to play for them. But, yeah, it was it was a great conversation. What, what is it that most teams were, without specifics, obviously, of, of who was wanting to know it, but, I mean, what is it most teams were were wanting to know about you, that they were saying, hey, we, we got this question about you, and this is what we'd like to okay. we'd like to get your perspective on. What yeah. was it that you think teams most wanted to know about you? Um, they really wanted to know why I transferred, you know. Um, you know, I was playing. I was playing chess, not checkers. There you um, go. <laughs> they wanted to know, you know, just my football cue. They wanted to know what type of person I was, and um, they really wanted to, you know, see if I could pass rush, if I could, if I could get home to the quarterback. Now you mentioned that you kind of bounced around. You did some four eye. You were outside and, and playing all over the place. Where do you feel your best fit is at the next level? On the edge. That's where you want to be. Just yes, uh, pin your ears back. Go wide nine. Yes, sir. Wide nine. Loose six. Are you, would you feel comfortable standing up though and, and rushing in a three-four? But yes, just sir. in general, you want to you want to rush off the edge, whether that's standing up in a three-four yeah. or, or hand in the ground in a four-three. Yes, yes, sir, I can do both. All right, because we are the Boys and Girls Podcast and we cover the Cowboys. Again, I don't want to ask you what questions they asked you, but who did you talk to from the Cowboys staff? Was it Dan Quinn? Was was Dan there? Yeah, I don't recall. I don't it's a blur. It's a blur. You saw you saw two hundred faces. He was a large man with a bald head. Yeah, I talked to so many people. Like I couldn't tell you who I talked to. I'm not gonna lie, but I, I did talk to the Dallas Cowboys. That's great. Yeah. Now well, the Cowboys do need defensive help, as you know. Oh gosh, yeah. No, they're they're in a, a great deal of it, especially uh, coming off the edge there. Now, uh, when you look at one of the things that I know, I'm just talking to scouts and, and you talk to coaches and stuff. One of their favorite questions to ask guys is like, "Why do you love ball?" And it sounds like a simple question, but it. It, to them tells them so much about a guy and, and what it is that drives them. So if teams ask you that question, they say, you know, BK, why do you love ball? What's your answer to them? I mean, I'm driven because of my mother. Um, you know, she's going through some personal issues. But, you know, I love ball just because, um, you know, I love competing. You know, I love that one-on-one -on -one battle. Um, you know, I'm a competitor. I don't, I don't let my little sister win anything. <laughs> you know, that's what I love to do. Where did your love of the game come from, and when did you know you were special? Um, my love of the game came from, I think, 
the camaraderie. Um, all my friends play football, so you know I just love being around all my friends. Uh, at one point, I was kind of the only child, so you know it was just me. So you know, just being around the guys, competing, you know, seeing that I could I could be better. Um, it just it just intrigued me, and I always loved the game. I always knew I loved the game, and um, yeah. Was there a signature game for you in high school or college where you're like, I, I think everyone at some point knows when they're uniquely suited for certain loftier goals, right? Like Elon Musk, I love when his mother said, I knew he was a genius. I just didn't know if that genius was going to translate to Tesla and what he does now or if he was going to end up in the basement. Yeah. There's a lot of really gifted football players that come through high school and college, but when was this signature moment for you that you thought – I'm going to make it there one day. I'm going to be something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I really think it was just my worth ethic. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of figured out that, you know, it wasn't no secret recipe to being a good football player. It's just hard work. So, you know, I always worked hard. You know, I always, like, whenever I had a goal, I always would figure out a way to get to it. So, you know, it's just always been my goal. Um, you know, I was always confident. Uh, Arkansas State, I had, a, I had a really good game against UNLV. I had two sacks you know I, I thought I was big time you know I wasn't but you know that was probably a highlight of my career and then um I played I played really well against West Virginia great played really good against Texas really good against um easy Oklahoma. I'm a Texas alum there easy <laughs> really I got the game. Longhorn shirt on today <laughs> against, yeah uh Oklahoma and you know I just I just always believed in myself and just always felt like I was him now, uh, before we hit you some rapid-fire get-to-know-you questions, I know you're a guy who, who wants to take his platform and do bigger things with it at the next level. What are some of your plans to, to kind of give back and, and make a difference once you get to the next level? Yeah, um, I already have, like, non-for-profit um, ideas. Um, Operation Don't Hold Back, like, Don't Hold Back to Help. You know, it's still it's still in the, uh, in the, in the running right now in the making. And, um, you know, I just want to give back. You know, I want to have school drives, you know, just uh, mentor kids, you know, stuff like that. People that, um, you know, was kind of raised like me with, without a father figure and stuff. So, you know, I want to just really help help uh, younger kids. Give me a little insight into that because you don't have to share what your mother's going through, through if you don't want. But I love that your why is, is your mom. Yeah. Um, what was it like growing up for you and how did that shape you? Yeah, um, I'm adopted by my aunt, by my great, great aunt. So she's kind of like a grandmother. But, um, you know, that's my mom now. Uh, she adopted me and my younger sister. I just had to, like, you know, grow up early, you know, and it helped me realize, you know, what I wanted in life. And, um, you know, I just always attack what I wanted. I love that. I know they're very, very proud of you. Yeah. Now, uh, as, as people come to get to know a little bit about you, uh, we like to always finish up, ask a couple different, like, little more lighthearted questions. So uh, when it comes to your pregame hype list and you're trying to get in the zone, what's going to be, what are you going to be listening to? The people I name, you're probably not going. Oh, come on, I'll test me. Try me. Randall Cobb okay. told me, literally, Batman's "Kiss from a Rose" seal was his pregame. See, I'm, I'm gonna listen to like some Detroit music, like some Sada Baby, some some Rio the Young OG, guys like that. That's going. Why Detroit specific? It's like uh, you got a family connection there or something? No, they just do something called spice talking. So they like they just talk any kind of way. So like that they really, get you hyped. That really just get me going. Now I'm now I feel like <laughs> is this a it kind of what what is the song where it's like you can't soar with the eagles? I don't know if you if you're if you're hanging out with chickens. And he's like talking about it while there's like also this like awesome track beneath it. God, I don't I wish, know. I, I'm, my I'm girlfriend, just, I love this. Like I'm, we want to get hype. We listen. To, it's I'm, not Paul Wall. It's a uh, God. One of my. I'm just sitting here uh, surprised at, at the fact that like you know you're talking about Detroit. But now I'm going to Google it. Now I'm going to Google this And there's music. all there's been this chat lately about Detroit style pizza yeah. now taking over. And so I'm like I don't know what it is about Detroit. They're doing Detroit, great things since yeah. Dan Campbell got to the Lions. I guess it's it's somehow credit to him. What did you did you watch Dan Campbell's press conference when he talked about like. We're hyenas bite off and take bite them off their kneecap. He's a little that. intense. <laughs> he he was a little intense yeah. there. Is that is that a guy that you're like, oh I could go play for that yeah, dude? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you like you, that. you like really that do. energy? Yeah. That's a, that's good. Now, uh, since you are a big music guy, uh, we asked this of a couple people. What would you uh, rather live without? Music or like television, movies, streaming service type stuff? So if you had to live without one for the rest of your life. See, that's kinda hard because I'm a music guy, that's gonna get my day started. And then I, I like I like to Netflix and chill. I like to watch movies. So, favorite movie um, on Netflix recently? 
Um, well, my favorite movie on Netflix is probably the movie Impossible. Hmm, I haven't I watched that, that one yet. Who's in it? It's uh, well, I think it's about uh the tsunami that that happened. Oh, in documentary. Yes. Yeah. Documentary. Yeah. Okay. So, there you go. So yeah, that was a, a crazy movie. It had my my blood pressure out the roof. Um, now I want to watch that. Yeah. I'm, I've uh, I've been on a documentary kick lately. HBO Max has this really good one on the the Heaven's Gate cult, which I think uh, was a thing before you were even born. <laughs> I started that, a little bit. Of I that. liked it. I liked it, but I mean that's just me. I guess the, the crazier one was the guy that was carving his initials into uh, women, which now well, that's, apparently that's is dominating distressing. headlines these days. Yeah, that, I digress. That's a little disturbing. Uh, now, are, are you a basketball guy? No, I'm not. I'm not really at not. all. I'm I'm really a football guy. Football like, guy. Okay, well I then I'll I'll, I'll throw a football I'll throw a football game a, a football question at you. And it, it's it, you may or may not play Madden, but if you if you were to hop on Madden a little bit, if you were to hop Look. on Madden next year, and the guy that you're playing happens to take the team that you play for, and so you've got digital, you know, BK, and he scoops up a fumble, are you gonna tackle him and and try and be competitive and win the game, or are you gonna let yourself get some shine and let him score? I think I'm gonna let BK get to the crib. Just let him get that one touchdown. <laughs> I'm gonna let him get to the crib. You'll, you'll, I'm gonna win. You'll, you'll, but I want to see him. I want to see him do good. You'll try the other 59 minutes. There you <laughs> go. Well, uh, William Bradley King. You can follow him on Twitter. It's it's the best handle on Twitter. I think it's at Will Got the Sack, and uh, you can follow him there. <laughs> BK, we appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Thanks Thank for you so much. Me. Best of luck to you. Yes, sir. Thank you. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Joining us now is Houston defensive end Peyton Turner. You can follow him on Twitter at PT underscore Turner 98. Peyton, thanks so much for joining us. For sure. Thanks for having me. Now, you are, uh, I think the chatter about you right now is you're considered a bit of a riser. That the people are like, oh, okay, this guy, where, where'd he burst onto the scene from? And you had, you had a strong senior season. Uh, you came in at the Senior Bowl, measured really well, had good days of practice. Um, talk about that experience at the Senior Bowl, how you think it helped you, and, and you know, just in general, how that went dealing with all the teams and going through the practice. Practices. Yeah, the, I mean, the whole senior bowl experience this year was really unique, uh, especially in the fact that there's not an NFL combine really this year, uh, just medical. So, I mean, you know, getting to talk to all the teams, scouts, GMs, coaches uh, was really nice, you know, put a put a face to the name and, you know, talk to them and give, talk to them about my family and my experience, why I had such a good season, you know, just my whole career. It was really nice, uh, you know, and then you get to make some new friends, uh, best college football players in the country at the Senior Bowl. So, you know, it's nice. It's always, it was really, really a great opportunity. How many interviews did you do, average time of each interview? Uh, I talked to all 32. Uh, I think it was probably like around... 16, 15, 15 minutes, something oh like God. that. So I got to talk to all of them, though. I feel like in the past there wasn't all 32 teams talking to some of these guys. It feels like because they haven't been able to come to the campuses or whatnot. They're all trying yeah. to yeah. Let, let's, let's zoom in on, in on you guys. The whole profile on everybody. Exactly. Now, now, it does help, though, that, again, you know, you, you come in there, you measure with, uh, you know, 72-inch <laughs> arms, and uh, and that's not even the wingspan. The wingspan's like 230 or something. We took right. pictures of it here. Uh, but, you know, you, you have the measurables. You're somebody who, who had a good senior season. You're somebody who's played kind of all around. You were all over the defensive line there at Houston. Um, how do you think you best project at the NFL? Where do you feel most comfortable playing on defense? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm 270 right now. I played 270 this past season. I dropped from 290 for my sophomore season when I was playing 4-I. But, I mean, I'm most comfortable where I'm at right now, really, um, at like 270. So, uh, I know I know at the, in the league, like, I, what I've heard from scouts, GMs, coaches is all over, like outside backer, just straight defensive end, and then be like a sub rusher at three tech. But um, you know, it's 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 whatever they want me at. Really, I think I can. I'm pretty diverse, uh, versatile. 
So just wherever they want me. Now, is it, is it correct? You, you talked about your 290 sophomore season. Right. Did I Do I have it correct from 24-7 sports that you weighed 217 when you got to Houston? Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I weighed just under 240. So, how, But even still, how did you explode from that to two? Was it just growth spurt, or were you, were you just, like, pounding all the carbohydrates for, for a semester, or what was that? I didn't really have an off-season in high school, so I, I finally got off-season lifting, eating, got, got some nutritionists. Uh, so, you know, my off-season in high school is always basketball or baseball, so never really had one. When you go to something like the Senior Bowl, and like I said, you haven't necessarily done the Combine or, or the Pro Days yet, what was like the singular moment where you're like, wow, I'm this close to following my, my big dream of playing the NFL? Was there a coach or coordinator that really stood out to you and why? You know, I heard I heard about uh, you know the potential to be in the NFL someday, coming out of high school just because like, you know, the intangibles and stuff. Um, and then, you know, you put the measurements on top of it. So uh, I think it, but it really hit me this past season, senior year, like after I got COVID and I was just sitting, just contemplating everything, coming back or leaving. Uh, but yeah, I think that's when it really hit me was this past year in COVID. And then I got to this point, like every day, it's just, you know, more closer and closer. So it's, 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 it's a pretty crazy realization to come to. But was there a coach or uh, a coordinator that stood out to you? You're like, I am sitting this close to this person in the league. Yeah, uh, Mike Mayock was with the with the Raiders. It's it pretty cool, you know, seeing, <laughs> seeing him. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was pretty cool, um, you know, just seeing them, talking to everybody. You know, you see GMs and stuff, and they're actually interested in, in you and, and hearing from you. So. Like I said, this is a unique experience, so I just taking it all in. Did you get to see Gruden while you're there? Uh, I didn't. No, I didn't see him. Didn't deal with it. No, oh, Mayock is him. equally intense. Yeah. Now uh, you are training out here in Frisco, in the Dallas area, and you, you're talking about meeting with all 32 teams. How did how did your conversations with the Cowboys go? We are a Cowboys centric show, obviously, but how did that conversation go? And and what would you think about potentially playing here in the Dallas area? Yeah, I met with the I met with them a few times. While I was there. Uh, that's a few times, Cowboys fans. Oh, oh, there you go. All right. <laughs> yeah, no, they can't. They, they uh, it was good. It was a good interview. I uh, talked to them, um, shared everything. Like I said, my life story. They was asking about me, my career, college career, and just talking about experiences. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's now was convenient to now was Mike McCarthy the guy that talked to you? Will McClay, Dan Quinn, the new defensive coordinator. Who would you talk to? Uh, I talked to like all their scouts over uh, there. I think a few coaches. Uh, a lot of them, not too many of them. We're talking. I was kind of just getting riddled with questions and everything. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, there were there was a lot of guys there talking to me. So, you know, I'm keeping in touch with them too. To go to the University of Houston and have the Cowboys talking to you. Now, granted, last season was kind of an outlier for them. But what was it like to garner that interest where you didn't just talk to them once? You talked to them how you? How many times did you say? Three times? Uh, a few. So yeah, a few. Yeah. <laughs> a few times. A few times. Uh, but yeah, it, it's pretty cool, especially this being Dallas Cowboys, America's team, or whatever. But uh, yeah, that was my dad's team growing up. So we had a bunch of Cowboys stuff in the in the in the house. Uh, he hasn't been too too uh, too crazy about you know flaunting it <laughs> this year. But uh, yeah, I mean he's a Cowboys fan. I was a Cowboys fan growing up, uh, you know, in Texas, and then came became more of like a Houston Texans fan as I kind of grew into my own. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty unique experience. It's pretty awesome. Now, what defensive player did you love for the Cowboys growing up? Marcus Lawrence. Nice. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah there I you go. Watch him a lot. Uh, now you're so you've talked to him a lot. To D-Law? Uh, I have his, we texted a few times a while, That's cool. a while back. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool hearing from him. Now, uh, you, you've mentioned how much you've grown. We talked about the, the big growth spurt you went through. You never really had an offseason until you got to college. So there, there's probably a, a lot of room still to grow. That, that teams probably look at you and go like, man, there's a lot of potential here. Because, right. you know, even what he is now, we've got some, some room to mold him a little bit. What do you think it is that you still most need to improve on as, as you enter this next level? Yeah, I think that a lot of coaches are, like, high on me just because I am kind of, like, clay uh you know i'm kind of kind of raw you know new, new to especially the position at defensive end so uh just getting better with my technique um hand placement using my hands more keep keep working on flexibility keep getting better at bending even though you know i've made strides there but just keep getting better at the small stuff so i can be successful at the next level have you seen gerald mccoy up here uh, yeah, I have. Uh, we, we talked a little bit, too. I, we were talking uh, about, about some football, too, while he was doing his uh, He, his he was giving – I was up here one day when he was giving some good secret knowledge that right. I had to turn the camera off for. <laughs> but, he, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's dropping the good – has that been really beneficial, too, being around to be, you know, be able to be around not just the Gerald McCoy types, but these other big prospects and get to train with them and, and kind of talk ball with them? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's funny because – 
everybody's saying the same thing. They just speak different languages. So just chopping it up with them and, and, and just learning from them and just sharing knowledge and everything. But it's always nice to talk to, like, you know, GMAC or, or whoever, you know, whether it's a few league guys that hit me up or I hit up and just talk to them, especially the guys that came from U of H. So. Now, we won't keep you... Uh, well, I do want to ask him one question. Well, yeah, we're yeah, we'll question. We just, we just got, yeah, we got to make well, sure we don't, we don't have mistraining. Well, we're talking about the intangibles here. Tuck will yell at both of us. Where does that come from? Is your dad a large guy? Like, yeah, my parents are both big. Uh, yeah, my, as you could imagine. So, uh, like when you came out, like it was LOI. Yeah, 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 for sure. He uh, came out with arms longer than exactly. Mine. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, my mom was pushing when, she, when I came out. <laughs> but, but, no, 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 uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, my parents are big, and you know, I was a big athlete coming coming in, um, coming out of like high school. Every every school really, whether it be elementary, middle school, high school. So, so uh, did they meet in college? Were they both playing sports? Like, give me, give me, give me the measurements. Well, matter of fact, my mom's from Montana. She grew up on a ranch. Four sisters, a brother. Uh, my dad's from Marshall, Texas. Uh, he played junior college ba- uh, football. He's a running back, so I could play running back too. <laughs> oh yeah, but, you can do it all. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, my mom played basketball at Montana State uh, University. Uh, but they, matter of fact, they, they met on a basketball court in Houston on a blacktop outside one day and they just, you know, happily ever, ever since. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. Now, uh, we'll uh, we'll finish up here with a couple just quick questions because, like I said, we, I know we got to get you to training. Uh, yeah, we're not you, trying to get in trouble. Uh, yes, no, because like I said, Tuck knows Jane and I well enough that he'll yell at he'll us. He'll come get us. So, uh, if you weren't doing football, what would you be pursuing? Basketball. Basketball? <laughs> yeah. What, what about away from athletics? What would you be doing? Um, I mean, my plan is whenever football is over is just, uh, you know, I got my business management degree. Um, graduated with that from U of H, but I'd go into oil and gas and energy management. Hey, you want to end up with the Cowboys? Just just mention to Jerry, say, hey, I'm an oil man myself. That's uh, that's where I'm at. Jerry I'm just after. invested in all that stuff. Jerry. You know, Jalen Smith has the clear eye view with the sunglasses, but oil and gas... That, that's, that's where you. That's where you get to that man. Texas, that's that's where you get. To, that's where Jerry made his you, money. You, you hit Jerry right there in the heart. You start. You talking talk about football oil and, and you talk oil and gas. There you go. Uh, so, what are you listening to to hype yourself up before a, a game? Uh, anything really? I, I'll mess with some Drake, some Future, uh, some Young Thug, some you know, some 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 some, some rap. Really, but, but you're trying to you're trying to get something like hyping you up, right? Because, like, yeah. I've talked to a couple guys who they're like, they actually want something mellow. They don't want to get too out of control. Yeah, they, they just... I mean, it's kind of a build-up. Uh, you don't want to, like, you know, come straight out the out the bed and just be jamming uh, Chief Keef or anything. It'd be crazy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a build-up. You know, I listen to some songs I just enjoy, good music, and then, you know, before the game, I try to get turned. Cheesiest song on your playlist? Mm. Cheesiest. Define cheese or or most imbe- the one that you would tell somebody. Like oh, if that's, somebody that's went my through sisters a, or like like the the one you wouldn't want to own up to that's on your like playlist. growing up in the nineties. LFO. I, I'll, I'll put I I'll know, still put you, Backstreet Boys. Like when on I say Hanson to these care. guys now, yeah. their moms and dads know what I'm talking about. I, but I have they some, don't. I have some Eminem. I have some Eminem. Eminem is embarrassing. Hey, hey, a little bit, man. Like I mean, <laughs> Eminem is embarrassing. I mean, I mean, Eminem's been embarrassing for about fifteen years. But if you're talking about like Slim Shady LP Eminem, there's nothing embarrassing. Yeah, about that. I don't know, man. It's, when it's I started preference. becoming the same age as some of these prospects' mothers, that's when I knew, like, you know, you know I had I wasn't speaking the same language. Haley, Haley, uh, Eminem's daughter, she turns twenty six this year. That's wild. That, that's how so that's crazy. how much time's going by. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Uh, I'm early bird. I say, I mean, I can stay up late. You're kind of forced to doing this. Yeah, especially <laughs> especially when you're training. But I mean, I've always been. Up in the morning. I got to imagine, too, with a mom that grew up on the ranch. Like, oh, yeah. she didn't suffer no fools. Like, oh, yeah. you're getting up early. You're making bed. Like, do I have a good read on that? Yeah. Uh, my mom, yeah. For sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, uh, Peyton Turner is a defensive end from Houston. You will uh, undoubtedly hear his name there uh, on draft weekend. And you can follow him on Twitter at PT underscore Turner 98. Peyton, we appreciate you, man. Appreciate, appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thanks. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Joining us now is our good friend, our longtime buddy, Brandon Tucker from Trench Warfare Training. You can follow him on Twitter at TWFT Training or TWF Training. I can't ever remember. That's it. It's TWF, training. TWF Training. I'm yes. just I'm so yeah. used to, to to wanting to go with the uh, it's spelled TWFT and then I think there's training on it, but uh, you'll find it. Just start typing in TWFT it'll and I'm up. sure it'll it'll show up. Tuck, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Can you scoot up to the mic a little more? I got to be honest. Uh, every you, time you, I see him when when he actually sits down with us he's like so warm and engaging but when i walked out and saw you going through the drills I, like you you are scary man sometimes <laughs> oh, i was like uh-oh i was like uh-oh he's not scary but i'll, I'll tell you what maya uh, this is a funny story i had my son up at exos back in october and uh tuck was coming up here that day and we were out back with clay mac and uh tuck came up to the gate and i didn't see him nobody saw tuck come up to the gate with all his bags except my son and my son looks at him and doesn't know who he is. It's just like, oh, there's somebody there. And Tuck eventually sets everything down and opens the gate. And he goes, Bobby, who is this man? And I was like, it's my son. He's like, man, this, this boy just looked at me and was like, yeah, I'm he, not helping that man. Yeah, he's I'm, I'm like not giving him standing at the gate. I'm like, bro, and he you like, see me with all this equipment. And, you know and my son just like froze and was like, I didn't know. It's like, he's just screwing with you. Relax. Yeah, right? He's just messing with you. <laughs> but you want your defensive lineman to be a little scary too, though, at the line of scrimmage, right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure, for sure. You, you want that. You want that aggression now, now we've talked to you before you you've worked with a ton of guys around the league a ton of guys specifically with the cowboys um we'll talk about some of these guys that you're working with uh pre-draft but i know somebody that everybody got really excited about and and his growth during the season was neville gallimore that neville felt like i think people thought he was a little behind the curve when he first started that it was like okay what's up with this guy and there was some disappointment but then you saw it it, it was exciting because you got to see it week by week him starting to really put things together um talk a little bit about neville's progress and in general what you think uh, they can expect of him, fans can expect of him heading into next year? So Neville grew tremendously um, throughout the season, and it was a group effort. Um, so uh, myself, Alden Smith, and Gerald McCoy um, really, really kind of came together independently to, to, to shorten that learning curve with, with Neville. So for instance, on Tuesdays, I would go sit with Alden and Neville at Alden's house, and we would you know look at film and, and visit and really talk to him about what he should be doing versus what he was doing. Um, and, then, and then Gerald would reinforce those same things. And by midseason, you saw the difference. Uh, uh, he started to play with his hands. Before, he was, he was just running through gaps versus being able to play with his hands and then shed blockers. All right, so um, – there was a tremendous growth with, with, with Neville, um, and it was a collective effort. So he, he would have been more better, like at the beginning of the season where he was at, he would have been better prepared if this was still a Rod Marinelli defense, where it's get up field, go. But when it came down to more technique and push-pull and two-gapping, that's where he ran right. into a little bit more issue. So he would have fit perfectly in, in Rod's defense. Um, and in fairness to Neville, this was almost going to be like a red shirt year mm-hmm. for him. He, he was not expected to play as much as he did. Yeah. So with injuries to uh, Gerald and then Tristan and then Poe not working out. Then Everson Griffin getting, tr- getting out of here. Correct. So what is that? Four guys yeah. are basically in front of him and then he's thrust into it. I mean, so, yeah, he, he baptism by fire for him this year. Were you disappointed with the play of the defensive line, given the talent? Now, as you said, to be fair, Gerald McCoy going down, I really think even seeing him up here uh, the few times that I've been here, this is the second time I've been here, second time I've seen him, and I've heard he's been up here pretty consistently. Yeah. The feedback I always get is he's so good working with other guys. So I think losing him from a talent standpoint, but also a locker room standpoint was disappointing. And then as we talked, the, the injuries and the fluctuation on the defensive line, but with that being said, were you disappointed that this group sort of underperformed, given that you know some of the talent of the guys? So that's a really loaded question for me. <laughs> I don't want to get you in trouble here. No, no, but just good. knowing the talent, as, as working with these guys and being a talent evaluator, and like I said, there was injuries, it was a COVID season. Yeah, I, I but think... But is, is I guess the better... I'll, 
Let me walk you out of this one that I walked you into. No, no, you're fine. Given the, the given hole. the talents of some of these guys, <laughs> yeah. should fans be optimistic about this group next year? Absolutely. I, I think guys, scheme-wise, weren't put in position for them to really play at the level that, that they're able to play at. Um, so I think it had more to do with scheme than guys not playing well. Mm. Um, so they went from a, 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 a even front, four down, to now three down pretty much. Everyone's alignment changed. They had guys standing up that were used to being in three-point stances. They had guys that were used to playing outside, playing inside. And so the scheme, with it being COVID, with the lack of preparation, no OTAs, I don't think they were able to just fully grasp the concepts of what was going to be asked of them. And so you saw the end result um, with below average team play mm. and I think that was more scheme than player so not really disappointed um, but kind of like a head shaking moment like there was it was like uh, Murphy's Law right <laughs> What I used that term a lot did. last yeah. year. Yeah. Whatever I mean, you, could, you yeah. couldn't have predict. I mean, it's one thing to lose your quarterback, who literally is the quarterback of this team, like right. <clears throat> both from a, a coaching standpoint, but also, you know, the, the leadership standpoint. Losing him was big. And then, like I said, we, you know, we talked about some of the, the stuff defensively, which we haven't ever really sort of marinated in. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot, if people knew the full complexities of what went on last year you'd actually be impressed that this group played the way they did still especially towards the end of the down the stretch i think it says a lot about their mental makeup is my point yeah they the last five or six games they were playing in spite of Mm -hmm. right so it was you know what i think it was you know what this isn't who we are as individuals and as a team you know so we're going to do whatever we can you know, to, to, to write the thing. Right? But there was a lot of things that went on were just amazing last year. And again, I, I want to be fair when I'm asking you certain questions here because obviously you have relationships with these guys that I don't want to break and right. ask you to break or walk you into that. But knowing what you know, working with so many guys up here and over the years, can Cowboy fans feel confident that there's playmakers on that defensive line without question without question um the young talent that they have with 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 neville and tristan on the inside um they're they're going to be treated there um if the cowboys bring gerald back now you're talking about veteran leadership on the inside um if they bring back alden you know you know so they're demarcus is still there Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory, right. So with the scheme being different um, and the way the season ended last year, the way they played, I think it'd be, you should be very excited and optimistic about how they'll play as a unit. Now, one of the guys uh, we did mention there was Tristan Hill, a guy I know you, you worked with, and a guy who was playing well. He was one of the kind of bright spots before he got hurt. Right. Um, I, I know that he's recovering, hoping to have a big, you know, comeback here in 2021. Are you guys going to be working together this offseason and, and definitely building on that stuff? Definitely, definitely. I talked to Tristan last week. Um, he's he's almost ready to go. Um, it's it's back in the lab. Um and build on what he did last year. Um, What's wild is that he had the year that he had, given the struggles that he had with what seemed like this cohesive group with Rod Marinelli and and the guys, and then was able to turn the corner in what was a more challenging year. Yeah, so I, I can I, I know Tristan wouldn't mind me sharing this. Okay. Um, it was a bad room for him. Mm. It was a bad room for him. He came in with the mindset of, you know, I was technically the Cowboys' first-round pick, and, you know, I'm the man. And he immediately was hit with, no, you're not. Welcome to the NFL. <laughs> right. To the NFL. And so he, he had some growing and maturing to do. 
he did. And then when the coaching staff changed, he had a fresh start mm. and he took he took advantage of it. I think it says something that he was responsive though. Yeah. yeah. You know, no, that uh, he was able to look inward and say, you know, maybe some of the problems here are me. Absolutely. A yeah. lot of guys don't do that. We've seen that in Dallas. No, I, th- I think there was a lot of growth there. And the, yeah, you mentioned that. There have been issues in the past of guys who, who didn't take their responsibility and weren't willing to grow. And that was something that I think everybody was excited about. And I think they could see it. Um, even when Tristan Hill talked to the media, he said that he viewed this as, you know, a fresh start and, and a, a chance at a, a, you know, a second chance at a first impression, essentially. Right, right. Um, how much do you think that is a, a going to be an additional <coughs> challenge for him, though, that we're talking about three years and three defensive schemes that he's having to adjust to now? That's a great point. I didn't think of it that way. That is a great point. <laughs> um, you know what? It's a, it's a fresh start again, mm-hmm. right? So... This time, though, the expectations are there because he showed everyone what he was capable of, and so I think I think the new staff coming in, the new the new D line coach and, and coordinator, right? They switched both. British, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing too, right? Alvin and I were talking about that last night, um, but he definitely has a fresh start um, to be able to come in and show those guys what he showed the previous staff, right? which is extreme athleticism and and burst. I mean, he's his athleticism, burst, and strength is, is incredible. So. You obviously, this is your specialty, so I love when I can just ask the questions and, and stay in my lane. So, obviously, you've worked with a lot of guys, different teams. You get them ready for the draft. What has been your impression of Dan Quinn over the years, and what do you think he's going to bring to this Cowboys locker, him and Joe specifically? Energy. Hmm. All right, energy. Their, their defense is played with, with a lot of energy. Um you know, that, that, that Atlanta team that, that made it to the Super Bowl, super energetic on, on defense. Guys flew around. Um, I, I think it's going to be a really good fit um, for the talent that they have here. Uh, I do. Did I answer the question? No, I, I was curious about that. You know, yeah. again, I haven't, we haven't been able to talk to the guys. We will, you know, obviously as we get closer, you know, to OTAs and things like that, but haven't really gotten a sense of what they even think of the guys. So I just wanted to be fair here, given your interactions from afar or even right. personally of right. Dan Quinn, what Cowboy fans can expect from him and his defense. Yeah, they're, they're excited, right? They're excited. I think everyone has, has a point to prove. They, they think that they need to show that last year was an anomaly, right? That, that's not what Cowboy football is about. It was a weird one. I mean, you don't For go sure. from middle of the pack defensively to all time worst. All time worst. <laughs> it was. It, it was. It was pretty tough uh, along all levels of the defense last year. I hope you know, kind of putting it together a little bit there at the end, I, like you say, taking some. Well, I was just going to say. I thought what really stood out to me though was that Jerry and Steven say what you will about the coaching staff that they were able to admit that there was a problem there and make the change immediately we've, we've never seen them move on no. from a coach after one year and it felt like they were very receptive to their locker room and receptive to what was lacking there and and to and what we've been talking about here going out and getting guys that again this is just my opinion are going to be more responsive to the coaching style that comes with dan quinn in that group yeah I, that was that was Uncowboy-esque, right? For yeah. something to happen that quick, but I think there was there was one voice. Everyone kept saying the same thing. Yeah. And when the entire team is saying the same thing, at some point, as as, as ownership, you have to say, okay, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. So when we look at the uh, the next generation of players here, I know you're working with guys at uh, a few different locations. Michael Johnson Performance here at Exos, uh, APEC in Fort Worth. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys that I'm really pumped about that I know you're working with is Marvin Wilson, Texas boy, Florida State, uh, yeah. Yeah. a guy who was at the Senior Bowl recently. Uh, what do you? I mean, with the Cowboys still looking for D line guys and, and still looking for guys potentially in the middle, what would Marvin bring to to a team? Oh, he'd be he, he'd fit here beautifully. Right, and an interesting story about him. I got a, a chance to coach against him in high school. So um, he was down at Bel Air Episcopal, and I was coaching at the Episcopal School of Dallas. And he was the number one defensive lineman in the country. Wow! And he didn't play in the game against us, but looking at him on film, he he would just beat teams up by himself. Um, went down to Florida State and had you know a really good collegiate career 
And when I got him almost a month ago now, a little longer than a month ago, um, he looks fantastic. You know, he, he, he looks fantastic. He moves well. He's strong. He's an earth mover. He'll sit oh. there. He'll, he'll move trees for you if you need. And, and he's very athletic and, ha- and has a great motor. Uh, and so he's a prototypical three technique uh, in, in the NFL. As long as he stays healthy, he should have a 10-plus year career. Tuck, how prepared are these guys? Like some that haven't had a you know a final season or opted out because of COVID or you know didn't get that real classroom and then the field work that they typically get. What kind of players are you getting and what are these scouts now dealing? I would imagine your phone is ringing off the hook and you're more valuable than ever. But what? How raw are these guys? Some of them are very. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are very, especially the guys that opted out. Um, uh, for instance, I have Tyler Selvin here from LSU, and he's been here since October, right? Um, and so, keeping him, keeping him engaged, mm-hmm. right, for the, through this extremely long process. At that point, you know, when he would normally be doing football practice, you know, obviously we can get him here and. And take care of any ailments that he has and um, make sure that he's in shape and he's doing the things that he would normally do if he was in a team setting um, is one challenge. But again, it's the it's keeping him engaged, right? You're in a different place. You're away from home. Away from your brothers. You're away from, right. Yeah. And so that was the, and then it's COVID, right? So there was a lot of challenges, but um, the staff here at, at, at Exos does a fantastic job. Um, MJP. They do a fantastic job, and so does so does the Apex staff with this elongated, uncertain process that we're dealing with, with right now. But yeah, it's it's been different for sure. I gotta think that these guys are gonna be. It's there's gonna be sort of this learning curve, but once they get in the system, they're gonna right. be so ahead because they've been approaching this as if it's their career. Right. You know, I think that there's sometimes this adjustment adjustment from college and then the you know, like December guys, like they're typically immediately training for, and it's this quick training before you get to the combine. You're working on the fundamentals. You're, they, they may not have the live game action. Right. I think their bodies are a little bit fresher, and again, they're getting they're getting back to technique, which is I feel right. like something like with Neville, you had to work on it at an accelerated rate, especially with COVID coming to the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Neville and I got ran off a couple fields, too. Because of, because <laughs> Neville, who also played football in Canada. Right. Yes. High school foot. Like, I mean, there was a whole bunch right. of differences for him. Right. And, and and just to backtrack a little bit, that's why Neville would have fit so well in Marinelli's scheme. Because at OU, go. with Coach Thibodeau, it was just run through gaps. Um, and then, and then, and as a as a position coach, my job is to, to close that gap. Mm. Right. Um, and then we have to take into account the scheme that they're going to play in. So as important as this process is for these guys in pre-draft, once they get picked up by their uh, respective team and they understand what their scheme is going to be, now it's time for us to really close the gap and teach them how to play within their scheme, especially if it's something they hadn't played in prior to going to the, to the NFL. Well, so. I, I know uh, we're, we're keeping you from lunch, but I do want uh, one more thing that Jane brought it up uh, like a second ago about how they get to focus on the fundamentals. And this is just a cool thing that I think people would want to hear about. The first time I was out here uh, when Tuck was working with Tyler Shelvin, that I heard Tuck ask him, yeah, you want to get that? No, 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 no. We're both <laughs> just ringing off the hook over here. <laughs> Tyler uh, Tyler Shelvin had, uh, when, I, when he first walked up to him, uh, Tuck said, you know, have you been using your non-dominant hand? Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. Tuck actually has Tyler Shelvin to get him and get guys used to using their left hand more than their right. He's got, like, Tyler Shelvin eating dinner with his left hand and brushing <laughs> his teeth with his left right, hand, try, right. trying to get more used to that. Yeah, so if you're, if you're in college and you're a stud, most of the time your, your D-line coach is going to just let you do what you need to do to be successful. Yep. And I need for guys to be balanced and ambidextrous. And so – if you're right-handed and everything you do is right-handed, I need for you to begin to use your left hand, which is most people's non-dominant. And, and you know, I, I ask them, you know, which hand do you eat with? And everyone says their right hand. And you know, I'll ask them a couple more questions, and I'll come back, and I say, well, when you go to the bathroom, have a bowel movement, number two. <laughs> okay. 
which hand do you use to clean yourself? <laughs> and when they say their right hand, and that's the same hand that they eat with and brush their teeth with, you got to be kidding me, right? And there's, so the, you, there's the incentive to go ahead and start eating with your left right, hand. Let's, let's use our non-dominant hand for some things, right? And so if you're able to use your hand, your non-dominant hand to eat and write and brush your teeth, when it's time to work moves, when it's time to get into a left-hand stance, just think about it. You want to be able to get into a left-hand stance if you're right-handed, so your right hand is free and ready to go. Yep. But most guys want to put their right hand down and then come off and then work the move. And so if you're on the if you're on the right side of the line, your left hand is down, your right hand's up, and, and vice versa. You need to be able to be balanced and use both. Parents of future baseball players go out of their way to make sure their kids are left-handed. Right. Because <laughs> they want a left-handed pitcher. Right. And that's the opposite. <laughs> so I'm going to age myself a little bit. I'm a child of the 70s. Yeah. Most kids, if they start to use their left hand, their parents would stop them. Yeah. And make them use their right hand. And so now I've got to figure out if they're left side dominant or right side dominant. Because you teach those guys different. Right. Yep. It's, it's just like a, a visual learner. Versus an auditory learner, right? And so that's how we train. That's how we how we teach guys. And yeah, man, great, 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 uh, <laughs> great point, Bob. That's part of the, that's part of the process, though. You know what part I love though? Process. Not only working with Bobby during this time of the year because he is, I he's like a savant. He's like a rain man as it relates to these guys. I mean, he loves it, <laughs> and I feed off that energy. It's like you get done with the NFL season, you kind of want to take a break, but then I come up here and you guys are always so accommodating and I appreciate the access because even as a reporter, I'm always looking to be a sponge and learn stuff. And I just love taking in what you guys do. So as you're teaching them, I feel like I'm learning and I appreciate that access. Oh, thank, thank you for coming. I appreciate we, we, it. We enjoy having you. I mean, this is, and now you ruin Jane eating with her right hand. Yeah. She's now able to do that ever again. Well, girls She's don't do that guys. Don't you know that. Yeah, we that's don't. right. That's right. Girls don't do that. That's right. I forgot. Don't they, do it. They, they, they don't. don't. Do it. it doesn't happen. Well, girls, it doesn't happen. Brandon Tucker from trench warfare training. As I said, you can follow him on Twitter at TWF training and uh, Tuck, we appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Jane. We are not done yet. If you can't tell, we are incredibly enthusiastic about talking to these guys, and we will continue to talk to these guys. If there's anyone that you want to hear from, shout out to us. We'll see if we can't. If they're not here in the Dallas area, we'll see if we can't get them on the podcast, especially as we find out who the Cowboys have talked to, and we find that in a couple of ways, of course, through the players, the agents, and even the team itself. Tapping phones. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So as we find out all that information, I know you guys are football-hungry I've been football hungry, and we're not even that far removed from the Super Bowl. But stay with us. We'll keep bringing you the content. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.